This is the Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. Now, here's Jason Jones. Aloha, everybody, and welcome to the Jason Jones Show. I am your host, Jason Jones, broadcasting from the great state of Texas. But today, my guest is State Representative Bob McDermott on the Hawaii COVID Task Force. It was just announced that the state of Hawaii is going back, the people of Hawaii are going back under house arrest until September 5th. It could be worse. Uh, They could be having their water and electricity shut off the way the mayor of Los Angeles is threatening to do to the people of Los Angeles who have too many friends over for dinner. But Hawaii is a state in collapse. It is one of the great tragedies of the 21st century. What the elected officials, with the Democrats in power, there's just, it's a one-party state. I don't want to be partisan about it, but it is a one-party state. But we have the one Republican on the COVID task force on the show today, State Representative Bob McDermott, to discuss what is going to happen to the most beloved place in the world. I am telling you, people all over the world dream of Hawaii, think of Hawaii. I took my kids to New Braunfels to the water park, the Schlitterbahn yesterday. I I took them there to get them excited about being in Texas to take their heart away from Hawaii. You know when your friend got dumped by his girlfriend and you took him out? You know, you took him out to a club to get his mind off his girlfriend and then they played, they, they kept playing uh, songs that remind your friend of his girlfriend. So we go to the Schlitterbahn yesterday, the water park, and it's Hawaiian Music Day. It is Hawaiian Music Day at the Schlitterbahn. So I take my kids there to take their mind off of Hawaii, and we are just listening to Brother Is and all this beautiful music from Hawaii. And uh, so our hearts are always in Hawaii. But we have State Representative McDermott on today to share with us what is happening, this great tragedy that is happening to the state of Hawaii, a state that is being destroyed by its own government. This episode is being brought to you by Movie to Movement. Movie to Movement creates a culture of life, love, and beauty through the power of film. Our new movie, Divided Hearts of America, will be available on pay-per-view on September 14th. More to come on that. And by Movie to Movement's The Vulnerable People Project, standing in solidarity with the most vulnerable people in the world from the Uyghur and Chinese-occupied East Turkestan to the people of the Hawaiian Islands. How sorrowful is that to even say? So let's get on with the interview, my interview with State Representative Bob McDermott. It's the Jason Jones Show. Aloha, Representative McDermott. Welcome to the Jason Jones Show. Hey, Jason. You've relocated now, and uh, we're not, we're certainly socially distanced, that's for sure. This is the first time we've socially distanced. The last time you were on the show, it was two weeks ago, you were in my house, and today I'm on the other side of the world, and people kept asking me, why are you leaving? And I said, well, A, I fear that they're going to do another shutdown. They'll be making us quarantine every time we return home for the next year and a half, and I'll lose all the equity in my house, so we're gone. And uh, lo and behold, a 
A couple of days after I sell my house, they announce a new shutdown. And from what I hear from my friends, they said they've been following their own home values on Zillow and they're beginning beginning to plummet. Yeah, I think your instincts were correct, Jason. Um, and this whole thing has been instituted by, after being, you know, I'm on the House Select Committee for the COVID-19 appointed I'm the only Republican on there, and uh, there's only four politicians on there, the Speaker of the House and the three from the majority, and, of course, I'm the minority member. But watching that committee and then watching the governor has his own committee, uh, who you can view from press conferences and whatnot, and it's clear there's no coordinated mission statement, or uh, they all say they have one, and they probably do, but th there's no direction. And they're all stovepiping. And this has become apparently clear where I actually had a Zoom meeting with the governor and I suggested to him, and he's a very nice man, by the way, uh, different party, different political philosophy, but a good, decent uh, man. You know, nice men uh, in had, positions of leadership in yeah. times of crisis are very dangerous. Well, it's, uh, I hear what you're saying. I just don't want people to think this is a partisan rag on the guy because it's not what it's about. It's about a critique. And, he was trying to manage this stuff. He was in quicksand. And I suggested that he have the adjutant general, like they do whenever there's a hurricane or other disaster, run it like he was supposed to. And he said he had called him this morning. He was going to call him again that afternoon. So he had already arrived at that decision. Then I find out he put every department under the adjutant general except the Department of Health, which are the guys been screwing it up from the beginning. Um, they just... They're, how do I say it? They, I, it? To me, it seems they don't want to do any work. Uh, in the beginning, they said, uh, well, I, I called them. I said, why aren't you doing a temperature test at the airport, temperature scan? Uh, they told me, ah, they don't work. Next thing you know, they're doing temperature scans. <laughs> they said, do you want to do pre-trial? Uh, pre so we, we want it. Visitors, this is in May. Visitors can come to Hawaii, just get tested three days before you come. If you're... Uh, negative uh, you know come on in and enjoy yourself if you're positive well we don't want you and by the way when you get here if you're positive you're going to stay in the hotel for two weeks um, and uh, their big thing was that no we'll do contact tracing all we got to do is uh, uh, if someone tests positive we'll just track them down and quarantine them and then track down everybody they came in contact with well that's a horrible idea that the horse leaves after the horse gets out of the barn, you chase him. And then you go tell the Uber driver, pick him up. By the way, you had a guy here with COVID and you're 55 years old, overweight. You probably want to go get tested. But it does, but it could incubate for like four days before you show any symptoms. So, you know, so they've been unorganized. And so the point is, they've been unorganized, no mission plan, no coordinated mission, whether it's a good mission or a bad mission, they just have no plan. So that's unpacking a lot of stuff in two minutes. Yeah, so, but here we have, and maybe we've, we should have started with this. The state of Hawaii announced yesterday that they're on lockdown, or is it just the county of Honolulu? So the lockdown so now is till September 5th. It's basically 5th. a lockdown, yeah. yeah. You can't even go, now but you I, can't even hike the trails anymore. They, they took off the hiking trails. Well, your listeners are going to find that you're allowed to go swimming but you can't, you're allowed to traverse the beach, walk across it to get to the ocean, but you got to stay in the water. 
he can't sit on the beach with a blanket. And I don't think the problem there is they're seeing people partying at the beaches, not, you know, socially distancing. That's the problem. But none of the COVID is linked to the beaches. Isn't it linked to some businesses that have always been determined essential and to a certain community? Can we say that? I mean, there's one community that all of these, the outbreak is contained in and they're not known for surfing and hanging out at the beach. Are they? Am I allowed to say this? Uh, no. Are we allowed to talk about this? Well, I haven't. I asked the Department of Health, Jason, who's getting it? Who are they? You know, like you're saying, is it, is it a, and it seems to be what, all I know is what I can read. Um, and it seems to be clusters of, there was a couple funerals. Although the, the Micronesian community makes up 30%, 34% of the cases. Now, the Pacific Islanders have been, they're considered Pacific Islanders. They're reaching immigrants. 34%, Jason, out of a state of 1.4 million, and you realize how tiny their population is in Hawaii. Just recently, in the past couple of years, I, I would dare to say it's under 5,000 uh, total population. So the Micronesians, um, there are 5,000 Micronesians in the state. Is it 5,000? I, I don't I'm know. I'm just, I, I would think it's more it's, than that. It's very small. It's very small, and they're making up 30, fully over one-third of all the cases. Um, so they're not doing any preventive. So I hike a lot. I hike a lot. And, and I've never seen any Micronesians hiking on the trails, Bob. So I, I don't know why. Why it's They're bullies. But you can golf. And well, they're also cla- – I mean, you can golf, but you can't hike? Yeah. Well, they're trying to uh, – Listen, he's trying to make sense out of the whole damn thing. And then the other side of the coin is where you come from. Let's, let's get herd immunity. Forget the social distancing. Just everybody, let's get out there and do our thing, live life. And it's, what's going to happen is going to happen. I'm in Texas That's right now. I've been in Texas five yeah. days. The five days I've been here, I've been to three boxing gyms. I took my children to a water park and just got wow. back from the mall because I had to get my kids some new sneakers. And this state is alive. Businesses are booming. People are out and about. Are they, is it really? Yeah, it's a lot. It's uh, yeah. You wouldn't know anything was different. And maybe the locals would know because I'm sure the traffic's a bit less. But we went to a water park yesterday. We had to wait two hours in a line to go down a water slide. Wow. So I don't know how different that is. I can't imagine having to wait for more than two hours to go down a water slide. And Texas is supposed to be the hot center of the COVID outbreak in the world. Meanwhile, Hawaii has had zero COVID deaths, less than 30 COVID-related deaths. The economy's devastated. We're having kids OD on drugs left and right. Suicide numbers like we've never seen before. Business is devastated for a generation, maybe. And uh, there seems to be no rhyme or reason to these these policies. Yeah, there's... Uh, we, you know, we were spoiled because we had it like a one or two cases a day. I mean, we were leading the nation, right? Um, but you could tell due to the leadership, uh, look, if you go from one or two, you can reopen the economy. You just have to put these protocols in place. Well, they, they didn't put the protocols in place. We, I prepared a report, a framework, way back in May, and presented it to that House committee, uh, how to do it. And they're adopting all of them, but just slow slow as an old man in February easing into a hot tub. I mean, they're slow. And 72 hours, 
pre-trial, te- pre-arrival testing. So get tested before you come here. We want your business. Come get tested. You're a-okay. Just show that the airline. The airlines didn't step up. They could have designed something like this. Uh, if I'm a, if I'm a flight attendant, I don't want to fly on a plane with that damn recirculated air and going to New York City or, or Austin and picking up folks with COVID because you're sure you're going to get exposed. Now, whether it's being sick or not depends on your personal situation, right? But flight attendants, it doesn't matter if, it's just when. Uh, when you're in these meetings, so Bob, on the COVID task force, is anyone bringing yeah. up uh, the suicide numbers? No, but they uh, tangentially like why it's important to get kids back to school because the yeah we've had know, children as young as suicide. eight years old commit suicide. You know they're wow. not re- they're not reporting on this. We had Kawhi in one week. They had as many suicides, I believe it was in one week, as they had the previous year. Is that correct? You know they're not. They're not I, I'm not. I don't know. They're not putting this on the front page I of the think- paper. I have friends who are psychiatrists in Hawaii, and they're telling me. They've never seen anything like these suicide numbers. They don't talk about it. Are they when you're in these meetings with the governor and the governor's staff, are they are they at all concerned about how the people of Hawaii are gonna feed themselves and pay their mortgages and stay in you know well, keep the roof well, over their well, heads? Well the one Well, I the one meeting I had with the governor was took me about ten days to get and it was solely request and then I'd have to tell him what I want to meet and it was to talk about the the COVID and the the leadership of it. And he was very receptive. Uh, the day before, interestingly enough, the news media broke that his mother was in one of these nursing homes that got hit with COVID. And they didn't know, uh, I think, whether she had it or not. Um, I'm not certain what that outcome was. But I told him I was praying for him and his mother. Uh, so, to answer your question, it's brought up tangentially as look, we got to get kids back to school because of all the health requirements and mental health, you know, depression and those things. Uh, suicide might be mentioned. But the issue is broached, but not. What, not and what about in the, the devastating? You, you know, people ask me, Jason, this must be bittersweet that you left Hawaii. I said, first of all, I didn't leave Hawaii. I deployed in a way. I feel like I've deployed because we're launching this new initiative, uh, the Hawaii Food Security. Uh, HawaiiFoodSecurity.org is is launching in the next week or two. The website, and because I'm really worried about if the, as this thing begins to continue, we're we're seeing just starvation and hunger. It's right. it's ravaging Africa right now. We see grocery stores closing in the outer islands, and if this continues another six months, twelve months, God knows uh, what what's going to happen to That's Hawaii. A great idea. So- foodsecurity.org. I mean, that's... Well, the soul... This organization is going to have one goal, and that is to advocate, as the farm bill gets worked out in the next two years, it's to advocate that food security for the the state of Hawaii is part of national security. And we're 47 out of 50 states for agriculture subsidies. When GATT 94 happened, Hawaii was... It was decided by neoliberal globalist elites that Hawaii would no longer be an agriculture state. This decision was not made by the people of Hawaii, right? This decision was made by people in transnational organizations and and in Washington and by President Clinton. So you had GATT 94. So ag died. We were were a state of farmers. You remember that. I mean, we were a farm state. 
The right. farm fear was the biggest thing in the world. We fed the world. Now we can't feed ourselves. And so what, what I'm arguing is that if we have to pay 20% more for all of our goods that the people of Hawaii have to pay because of the Jones Act, uh, because protecting shipping is important for national security, and then the people of Hawaii, working class people, these Micronesian immigrants, all of us, we have to, we have to shoulder the burden disproportionately for the security to protect shipping. Okay, that's fine. Well, then the country should subsidize agriculture in Hawaii so we can reenter uh, the ag industry and at least be able to feed ourselves. And we wouldn't have to, we would be around, we're looking at, I'm working with ag industry lobbyists in Washington, some really noble people who have no roots in Hawaii, but they love Hawaii. Everyone loves Hawaii. The whole world loves Hawaii. And they get it when I'm like, listen, we import 90% of our food. And as we see a global food shortage and, sh and slowdown, we're in real trouble. We have 1.4 million people in real trouble. Shouldn't we be able to feed ourselves? It looks like if we were around the middle of the pack, if, if we upped our subsidies to about 25 out of 50 states, if we were in the middle of the pack there, we would be food independent. And seeing that we project power into the Pacific, you know, I think it's important to the United States of America that 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 one state that's the furthest place in the world from any place in the world can feed itself in times of crisis and disruption it just makes sense. And it's something you can't do overnight. So it's, we need to do this now. So the farm bill, as it gets reauthorized in the next two years, we want to be on the front of that. And now, you know what, Bob, I, I, now that I'm here on the mainland and uh, I'm not worried about my family and where they're going to live and how they're going to eat, I feel like I'm going to be more productive for my organization. When people ask me why I left, you know this, I'm just saying it for the audience. I left because I always saw my apostolate was to promote human dignity, defend the vulnerable through my faith and really through the values of Hawaii. And so Hawaii being, having movie to movement in Hawaii, which didn't seem to make a lot of sense to people, made a lot of sense to me because it was our values and it was also my Catholic faith and we wanted to project that and so I thought being we were in LA for a long time and I thought going back to Hawaii because that was the, was the roots of our, our our values made a lot of sense but now with this new normal it's impossible for me you know in the next couple uh, next week I get in a car and I'm driving from Dallas to Philly to Boston to DC uh, Chicago St. Louis Florida I'm literally doing this whole round the country trip uh, that I'll be able to do in my own pickup truck and it just, as, as my new movie comes out, we're promoting my new movie and other things. Uh, and I'll be more useful for Hawaii because I'm going to aggressively be promoting this Hawaii Food Security Act uh, or to make sure as the farm bill is reauthorized, we do what needs to be done to make sure Hawaii is food secure. And then I hope maybe you run for Congress on this. We need real leadership. We need real leader. We need people that show they love Hawaii. That's what I don't care I don't get, Bob, I don't see a sense of urgency in our political leaders. I do not see a willingness no. to take risk. Destroy your career. Who cares? What is your career? You know? Yeah. Well, not, it's a good point you make. But we need good people everywhere, right? You've seen the movie It's a Wonderful Life with uh, Jimmy Stewart, where he's George Bailey. That's his name. And he's the mo most decent guy in town. And they... You know, he, he volunteers for everything and he helps people, uh, gives them a shirt off his back. We need more George Bailey's in the world. We don't have to be president or senator or, um, you know, 
congressman to make a difference. In fact, quite often we make more of a difference at the lower level because you can actually help people. And that's what it's all about. We've, we've had this huge backlog in unemployment here uh, due to two reasons, fraud and the system is the system wasn't set up to handle 100,000 unemployment claims. So people get a notice, say they've been cleared, you, you've been approved for unemployment, um, and you can expect your ch- check sometime shortly. They send me, I get these emails, Mr. McDermott, please help me. I'm going to lose my home. I got approved 14 weeks ago, and I still haven't gotten a check. Wow. So we we try and help them. We can get attention is what we can provide to their claim. And they're so grateful when uh, my office manager is fantastic. They're so grateful when they get their check. Um, nobody was helping them. Nobody would listen to them. And then you can't leave a message on the system. Nobody returns your phone call. And you feel like they don't care. So you call us. That's our job is to care. And it's so Makes it makes your day when they call you and say, "Hey, thank you so much. We got our check today." Or we got, you know. Well, do you know about this, Rep? I had a friend. I don't know how prevalent this is. He he received four thousand dollars in benefits, right? So he's broke. He said it was like pouring water into the desert. He paid off all his bills. He paid his mortgage. He filled his 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 refrigerator for his wife. Then and then he gets a letter a couple days a couple weeks later. We paid you too much money. <laughs> you were supposed to only receive two thousand. We sent you four thousand. You're on notice, and you owe us two thousand dollars. Like pay up. So he calls the office. I got to get you this letter. He calls the office, and then they're not helping him. And then he says, "I want to speak to Mister Tanaka, whoever the name was on the letter." They said, "Well, you can't speak to him." Like, well, why can't I speak to him? He sends me a letter telling him, I, "Telling me I have to spend pay this two thousand dollars." Like, because he died eighteen months ago. They're like, well, but his his name is on the letter and there's a signature. So whoever that's sending these letters on these disbursements has passed away. They haven't filled his position. They're using his letterhead and the stamp with his name on it, sending threatening letters to people. This is a guy in Waikiki, a friend of mine. And I said, well, go to KGMB nine. So he went to KGMB and I said, make a Facebook, put it on Instagram, read the letter, tell the story, protect yourself. You know? And he's like, Jason, where am I going to get $2,000? I got the 4,000 and, I paid every bill I had. And, you know, Bob, let me tell you, you are the one leader. You've come on this podcast. You, sp- you, you speak candidly. and But I'm not seeing this from anyone else. I'm seeing it from some candidates that are not in office, like Bud Stonebreaker. But I'm not seeing it from anyone in office other than you. And I'm not, and I'm not just blowing sunshine. And you've, you've been very brave on this podcast. And I think you're the reason why this show has grown so much on Hawaii. It's a bit... It was a bit frightening for me just to walk around. And everywhere I went, people were like, hey, Jason Jones, Jason Jones show. Hey, I love Rep McDermott. And I saw all over the world. People, they've really appreciated you because you're on the COVID task force. You're an elected official. You come on my show and you speak candidly. But I think we don't see a lot of leadership, not just in Hawaii, but around the country and around the world, you know. Uh, Send me that guy's letter offline and I'll try and help him. I think it's horrible when the government makes a mistake. They come after you. You know, sorry we paid you. And the guy's broke, obviously, like many of us are in this time. And he pays his bills. And then they come back and say, it's a, it's our, it took us too long to pay you at first. And then we pay you and then, oh, it's our mistake. I mean, this is what frustrates people. You know, they $2,000, you know, 
at least make work something out with a guy. Okay, well, he's going to have to pay 20% back. I'd prefer he didn't have to pay anything back, quite frankly, because it wasn't his fault. It's not his mistake. And now you made his life worse because now he's got another $2,000 bill. I mean, can you so imagine? You send it out. You send that out. You send that check out. You cross the teeth out of the eye. Uh, unless it's exorbitant amount, like instead of 4000 they send him 400 well, then he knew something was wrong. If right, you have a exactly. brain, you must know something is wrong. Yeah. And so he should have called them and um, let them know. But that's not the case here. The case is a minimal amount. They screwed up. They sloppy work, and now he pays the penalty. That's not cool. It's not right. Just well, I want to ask you three questions because I know you got you, you you're fitting me in yeah, on, go. on work days. But I want to ask yeah. you three quick questions. One is, I'm okay. a single mom. I'm in I'm in Eva Beach. I was a waitress at Duke's. I have two children. I don't know if they're going to go to school, and I don't know if I'm going to go back to work. And I haven't gotten my unemployment. What are you going? To, what do you? What would you say to her right now? Well, first thing is, I I say, give me your own your unemployment documentation. Let me try and get that started for you. Number one. Number two, I am convinced that as soon as schools open, once you have a couple of cases of COVID, the teachers or unions are going to say, no, we're going to stay at home. Uh, and we don't want to come in because the kids are resilient, right? We all know the data on the children, but some parents don't want their children being exposed to because the children are resilient, but they bring it home and we have multi-generational families in Hawaii, Jason, of course, right? That's why grandma, grandpa, great grandmothers living all in the same house, like my house. Uh, as, as you know, you recently sold your house, you know, $700,000 home. <laughs> How do you pay for that? Uh, and then, yeah, tell so people, I just, do, I just sold my home, and it was more than that, and it's a starter home yeah. in a working-class yeah, neighborhood. Well, mine is even more so a starter home. But anyway, so you have the unemployment, you have, uh, what's she going to do at school, right? Is she gonna, I don't know how long the kids are going to be there. And then the third thing is what, what kind of job should she get, or is there any job prospect for her? What was the part three of the question? She's unemployed. Jason? Yeah, she, she can you hear me. She's unemployed. She um, can you hear me, brother? School. Yeah. Yo, that was that mom. was the first question. Single mom, uh, no job, no unemployed. You answered it. You answered it. So okay. And the lucky thing for uh, people around the world is we have community. Who I you know so that right. and most of these single moms have a lot of family and friends, and that's why Hawaii can weather this better than most states. If any other state were in the pickle that Hawaii were in, it'd be utter chaos, anarchy. Yeah. We share each other's burdens. We share each other's burdens. Yeah. Well, I got about four minutes left before I got to go, but to share your point about community, in the Ever Beach area, that strip up along Fort Weaver, there is a food bank that is open every day. Food they call them food pantries, right? The food bank is the big one and they come out to the churches like Our Lady of Perpetual Help or uh, Ministry of Hope uh, would be on a Saturday. Uh, but one day every week during the weekdays is something is, is a food pantry is available. So that's, uh, that's community. What you're talking about. People won't go hungry. At least not yet. All right. So you got your food security thing is a great idea. Great idea. Well, you know, when, uh, later today and tomorrow I'm working with these lobbyists and we're building this website and it's just, you know, it's going to be my little way. Um, actually one of the lobbyists said to me, Jason, what do you get out of this? You left Hawaii. I said, first of all, leaving Hawaii was like Sophie's choice to me. It was the most painful decision of my life. 
I felt like I want to fight for my family, but I want to fight for Hawaii. And then I realized I can't do either living here. I can do both if I move. So I said, just because I live in New Braunfels doesn't mean my heart and my home is always going to be Hawaii, always will be, and I will be back. But in this new normal, I can't work from there. Now I can work for Hawaii, my family, and I can do my apostolate around the world more effectively from where I'm at. Um, but the, the next question I want to ask you is, um, I have friends that listen to the show that are members of Congress. I have friends that listen to the show that are in governments around the world. What would you tell political leaders um, at their level what they should be you know, doing in the midst of this COVID crisis? As you know, we're not only being crushed here, we see people starving to death in Africa. Um, the whole country's been rocked. What would you say to elected officials that they need to be doing for their constituents right now? Well, with their constituents, just letting them know what tools are there for them, right? So there's, a, for example, tomorrow there's a, and I take it down to a local level. So where's the food bank? We told, we sent a mailer out to all our district personnel, not promoting myself, rather, which is the normal thing that politicians does, right? We, we, we said, here are the food banks in the area. If you have any questions, call us. We want to help you. Unemployment insurance, same thing, you know. So it's got to be much more service-oriented, be proactive. I didn't know he could call me to help him with his unemployment insurance. Then we help him. Uh, now we tell him, call me. Oh, okay, I'll call. So be, be more proactive. Um, and sh- and there's, there's a bunch of stuff already in place that you, you people can use and they're unaware of. Um, that's number one. And you know, the Congress is so divided, though. I mean, they're holding each other hostage. It's crazy. Well, you've, you've come on this show and said things probably were not prudent. And Ted Cruz has been on his podcast now and on the mainstream media saying things that are quote unquote not prudent. But in times of crisis, the prudent thing to do seems imprudent. And what it seems prudent is utterly devastating. Like all these, like you said, Ige is a nice guy. He is a nice guy. Great. Nice guys are yeah. very, very, very dangerous in times of crisis, and Hawaii doesn't need a well, nice guy. Must. We need a, fa- you know, I, if Frank Fossey, if Frank Fossey were mayor of Honolulu right now, would this be happening? No way. I don't think so. It'd be hard to tell, though. It's a different era, different science. Uh, I don't think they would have ever shut it down because they wouldn't have known what the hell it was, right? Um, but Mayor Fossey would have done whatever he thought was best for the people of Hawaii the people of well, Honolulu come hell or high water and he wouldn't have asked anyone. And he, you know, he would have just that's done what was right, what he thought to be right. He would have fought for his well, constituents. Great. Now we have a bunch of, I know you like, I know you like Lieutenant Governor Josh Green. To me, he's the most pathetic creature. This guy, this guy was the lockdown captain of the lockdown. Then he skated to, the right of Ige saying, we need to open up. And then all of a sudden now he's the lockdown captain again. This guy is all politics. He's very good at it, so people like him. He's very good at being liked. But if you pay attention, he's just been, he has been more sophisticated in the political game than Ige and Caldwell. But he's still playing a political game to me. That's how I see it. The thing, well, the thing is, we only have, I think, and I've got to close on this piece, He's going by the number of uh, ICU beds we have. And at a certain point, uh, we won't be able to take any more patients. Now, we're not there yet, but they're looking at these trends. You go from four people a day to 140 a day. Um, they, 
they look at those trends, right? So the island of Hawaii doesn't want any Oahu people coming over there because they only have eight, eight ICU beds. And they'll fill up uh, with one funeral or one party. They could fill up ostensibly. But anyway, that's why he's, he's looking at the number of intensive care unit beds that we have available. Um, so it may sound overreactive, but he's just doing the numbers thing. Um, anyway, um, Jason, I want to thank you for the opportunity. I, I've got to get out to this other meeting I have, and i got to leave now. I'll be late. No, you but know I want to thank you, and we'll do it again. You know, I asked you on it the last minute when I saw the state of Hawaii was going back down on another draconian lockdown till September 5th, and thank you for fitting me in between committee meetings. Oh, last uh, question. Why are they building a wall around the state capitol? Is, are they? Yeah, there's a wall. When was, yeah, if you go down there right now, there's a big wall they built around the state capitol. It's unbelievable. I didn't, I didn't see it. Yeah, it went up last uh, night. Check well, it out. It's very strange. Okay, we'll do. All right, thank you, Representative. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, guys, I might have left Hawaii, but my heart will never leave Hawaii. In fact, I couldn't sleep. Two nights ago, the lieutenant governor leaked that they were going to do another lockdown. By the way, which I knew, I knew this lockdown was coming at the end of June because of my friends in state government. And they told me Hawaii is going to lock down. They're going to announce in August that they're going to go to September. In September, they're going to announce through November. And in November, they're going to say it's perpetual or until further notice. And I pray to God that is not true. But I knew that then I couldn't do my job. I have a movie coming out this fall. I have a speaking tour, I hope. And uh, I have a book and all of this. And so I needed to be able to travel. So I thought, I got to get to Texas. I got to be able to drive around. If I have to drive to events, I can drive to events. I got to be somewhere in the middle of the country that I know is going to be free. Also, I need to protect the equity in my home. Let's get it out of here before they collapse the state. But um, I tweeted out at the lieutenant governor at his, his tweet about the shutdown, Jason Jones has left the chat. But Jason, that was a joke, because I'm not leaving the chat. I just left, I just removed uh, from his sphere of influence so that he couldn't destroy uh, my family's home and couldn't make me, a, a, put me on house arrest. But I will be fighting for this Hawaii Food Security Act. And I just want to say what this is again, guys, that agriculture is for those of us who are like, Jason, I thought you were conservative. You believe in the free market. I sure do. But ag is not in the free market. It is the most subsidized industry. It is subsidized. Hawaii is 47 out of 50 states in subsidies. And when these trade agreements were made in the 90s, the decision was made to just remove Hawaii from ag. And this decision was not made by the people of Hawaii. And so what that means now is a state that used to provide sugar and pineapple and fruit for the world we had cows. We had dairy farms. We, we can't feed ourselves now. 90% of our food comes in on ships. And this, this present, re, this reality, this new normal, has, I think should prove to everyone, something I have been saying, though, since the mid-90s, that Hawaii needs to be food independent. This should drive it home. So... I'm going to do another podcast, I think tomorrow, I have one already recorded with my friend who's a fisherman, he's diver number one, diver number one for the state of Hawaii, he can free dive 300 feet, and he's the one guy that probably has nothing to worry about, but I am in Texas, we have a big several months of some major guests coming on the podcast, big guests, big national guests, 
But having, sharing these, these the people like Representative McDermott and other sort of my friends from Hawaii with the world is a great privilege for me. Having Dallas Carter on that episode on St. Damien went viral all over the world. And to have, uh, have my friend speak Hawaiian, defend St. Damien in the Hawaiian language, and that it was heard all over the world. It was listened to in Iraq. It was listened to in, in, across Africa, across the United States. To, hear the, to know the Hawaiian language was being downloaded all across the world by my friend meant a lot. And so uh, I thank you for listening to this show, but it's not just about Hawaii today. This, to me, is, is about your reality, that we need political leaders and community leaders that are serious in fighting for the common good. And Hawaii is the single best example in the United States today of the political class abandoning their responsibility to their constituents because of their petty, petty, petty ambition. I mean, in the big scheme of things, being an elected official, really, is that a big deal? You know, you have a very important responsibility, but you're not willing to risk losing your seat in the state house or if you're lieutenant governor, you're not willing to risk not being elected governor or being a senator. Really, how important is that in the big scheme of things? Not, it's not important at all. You don't need to be senator. You don't need to be lieutenant governor or state representative. And um, I think of that line from A Man for All Seasons. What good does it do if a man gains the whole world but loses his own soul? And Thomas More says to Richard Rich, for the world, but he says, but for whales, Richard, but for whales, I always wanted to say, but for House District 23, you know, I mean, really, this is what people are, are clinging to with white knuckles. They're little positions of power because they lack the courage to speak out and to speak up for the people they were elected to represent. They were elected to represent their interests in the government. And the government, as we are seeing, can track you, can lock you in your house, can shut down your business. Now they're thinking they can give you inoculations. Or now in Los Angeles, the mayor of Los Angeles is going to shut down your water. He's going to shut off your water if you have a party. I've been hearing the left say for the longest time that water is a human right. Now, I think it's debatable, is it a civil right or is it a human right? But I would think it's at the very least a civil right. So we have the mayor of Los Angeles saying that he's going to violate the civil rights or human rights of the people of Los Angeles if they have too many people in their own home. I thought, I thought, we were the, I, thought I was the king of my castle. I thought we were the kings and queens of our castle. Our home was our castle. And we were the kings and queens. In, in Hawaii, you cannot have catchment systems now in Honolulu for water. And if you have solar, it has to be connected to the grid. And if you want to ask yourself, wait, why if I have solar, do I have to connect my, my, my solar to the grid? I don't understand. Well, so that, I guess, if they decide you are not worthy of water or electricity, they can shut it off. And if you have a catchment system... Or if your energy is uh, connected directly to your, uh, your solar, well, they can't shut it off, and then they can't own you. 
So when you have government overreach and you are an elected representative of your people, now this solemn duty becomes very severe, very severe. When government is denying people water, if you are an elected representative, you better be bold and say, not my constituents, you will not be denying my constituents access to water, and you better be willing to stand up for it. Well, you didn't listen to the Jason Jones Show for my um, soliloquy here, but my heart is broken for my state. My heart is broken for the people of Hawaii. I cannot imagine the fear. I, I, can't, I can't imagine it because I felt it a week ago. And when the shutdown was, extension was announced, my phone blew up. The emails and texts were endless. And I couldn't sleep. I didn't sleep uh, two nights ago. I just stayed up all night, so angry, lying in bed, staring at the ceiling. And if they're going to do these shutdowns, they, at the very least they can do is communicate to the people their plans to make sure that they're not going to lose their home, that they're going to eat, that they have nothing to worry about, that the government is forcing them off of their farms, the government is forcing them out of their places of business. But don't worry, we have a plan to make sure that you are not going to lose your life's work. But they pretend that they don't even address the economy. They don't even address the depression and the suicides and the drug overdoses. They ignore it. Anyways, I founded this show to stand in solidarity with the vulnerable. And what I wanted to do, I said in the first episode, my goal is to learn how to be winsome and funny and entertaining. So when you're not paying attention, I'm talking about the Uyghur. And my organization has been talking about the Uyghur for years. And now it's on the front page, praise God. And I thought that the role of this show I did something great this, uh, I shouldn't say it that way, but we had a great success this week for the Assyrian community Uh, as political. So I might not talk about it now, but we had a great success for the Assyrian community. And that was really the goal of the show to advance the interests of the child in the womb, vulnerable ethnic and religious groups around the world. I never in a million years imagined that I would have to bang a drum for the people of my state, the people of Hawaii. I thought I would do an interview with this athlete here, and then one day I would do an interview on uh, the plight of the Yazidi. And then I would do a bunch of fun shows over here, and then the next day I would have um, my friend who's prime minister in exile, Sali, on the show to talk about the Uyghur. Never did I imagine that I would have to bang the drum for my family, my friends, and my neighbors, but that's what we're doing here. This show has been brought to you by... Movie to Movement. Movie to Movement promotes a culture of life, love, and beauty through the power of film. And I guess I'll announce it here. It will be available September 14th through November 14th on pay-per-view. More to come on that. It's going to be very exciting. Go to movietomovement.com. Check out our movie, Divided Hearts of America, and see what else is going on. And also, by the Vulnerable People Project, standing in solidarity with the most vulnerable people in the world, from that Yazidi girl on Mount Sinjar to the families of Oahu. Makes me want to cry. The families of Oahu. Unbelievable that I would have to say that, huh? Go to thegreatcampaign.org. And if you want, support that organization by making a donation. It is tax deductible. Until next time. 
This is the Jason Jones Show, broadcasting from somewhere in the great state of Texas. Aloha. This has been the Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. Oh,